Welcome to this episode of the Security Clearance Careers Podcast, ClearCast, your source for security clearance, intelligence community, espionage, national security, and defense contracting updates, and our exclusive interviews with intelligence community and government leaders. Welcome back. I am attorney Sean Bigley, and I'm here with my co-host, Lindy Kaiser of clearancejobs.com. We are talking this segment about nanny taxes and your security clearance. And if you're listening, you may be scratching your head going, what on earth do nanny taxes have to do with my security clearance? And for some of you, you may be asking, what are nanny taxes, right? Well, we're going to fill you in on that. As it turns out, this is something that you probably should be aware of if you have children and you are uh, hiring anybody to work in your home. Lindy, I think those people who do have some exposure to this issue, it's probably through the media. And we see this, I think, in, in just about every presidential administration where somebody's nominated for a high-level position and they go through the vetting. Lo and behold, uh, they have to withdraw from the process because they hired somebody who was in the country without work authorization or they hired somebody and paid them under the table for you know, domestic services, uh, watching their kids or you know, cleaning their home or something along those lines where you know, the person is viewed as, as an employee as opposed to you know, somebody that you pay who maybe owns an independent business or service and they come in to your house once a week or once a month to do something. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about they live in your home, for example. That's a common one. You know, the the au pair where somebody is a busy professional and they have young kids and they've hired uh, an au pair who lives in their home and they are clearly an employee as opposed to a separate business owner who's hired for to provide a service or contractor or something like that. And, you know, it tanks their application. They, they wind up having to withdraw from what would have been a tremendous opportunity because they, they didn't pay the taxes on, you know, somebody that they hired or because they hired somebody without work authorization. So have you seen this issue come up outside of that process or is that typically where you've, you've seen it as well? Oh, I mean, no, we see it all the time. DC Metro, man, it's a childcare is expensive, people. If you find a nanny, you, you're going to take that nanny. You're not going to ask a lot of questions. You don't ask too many questions. This comes up on our threads and forums, you know, cyclically every so often we'll have somebody. We had a recent one. Somebody was applying for a position with the CIA and they realized through that process, oh, they had this long term nanny. A, paying her under the table, and B, she was also not not a U.S. citizen. And actually what came up through the thread is like the bigger issue was the failure to pay taxes on the nanny versus the citizenship. Like the, there were more potential mitigations on, a, on the citizenship than on the failure to pay taxes because there was just an issue of like they had avoided payroll taxes on this person for three years. She was actually at least trying to get citizenship. So they were trying to mitigate that by going back and paying the past taxes which is a good step. I think we always say like if the more you can do on the front end before you apply, financial considerations are a top cause of clearance denial and revocation. You might potentially have some foreign influence issues depending on country of origin for your household help. But I actually see foreign influence issues lesser used than the financial issues of, hey, you know, if you want to work for the government, you've got to pay your taxes. That's kind of important. I agree uh, completely. I mean, you know, if you have a nanny who's, you know, from China, for example, who's living in your house, that that's going to probably raise some eyebrows. But by and large, most of these cases involve people from, you know, I, I'll say more benign countries. It's not really viewed as a huge foreign influence risk because there's not leverage there per se. I mean, obviously, somebody watching your kids, I mean, that... <laughs> 
that's that's theoretically leverage. But most of these situations are they're backwards looking. Like you know, I hired a nanny and and had a nanny a couple years ago, and she's no longer you know in my employ. That is, uh, I, I agree with you completely. The the lesser of the issue usually. We also see personal conduct come up as a big issue in these cases where the government says, hey, you know, you willfully tried to skirt the law here. We have an issue with that. So I guess, you know, there's a couple flavors of these sort of cases in my experience. One is the people who just really have no clue that they have an obligation to do this. And when my children were young, we had some assistance with babysitting and it was sort of a gray area where they were, you know, certainly not living in our house. They weren't here all the time, but I sort of thought, well, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to take the risk. Let's just do this totally above board and by the book. And so we did the payroll taxes on them. We paid the unemployment taxes. It was, it was a hassle. We had to file paperwork every year, had to pay, I, I think by the end of it, thousands of dollars in FICA taxes and unemployment taxes. So I certainly get why people don't want to do it. But, you know, the folks who are the willful evaders where, you know, you clearly knew that this was something you had to do and and you didn't do it, those are the bigger problem. If it was an honest mistake and it was a small amount of money, you know, it's it's a little more forgivable. Obviously, there's there's sort of a spectrum there. Yeah. And I do think taking the steps to mitigate it, if you, if you discover it's an issue, because we have this other side of it too, that, you know, sometimes folks just don't want to do anything about it. Again, I certainly empathize with that. If you found somebody that, you know, quality childcare, you don't want to go back. Or like you said, the financial costs of it. But that's where you have to decide, like, how important is the security clearance to you? Because, yeah, if you have especially full-time household help, which is how I see it come up in the questions to our site a lot, and you're trying to hide that, like you said, that will be a a personal conduct issue. Have you seen, I mean, do you have examples maybe of anybody that you've seen the nanny become an issue for a clearance denial or revocation? Yeah, absolutely. We've seen it a handful of times. It's, it's you know, certainly not a super common issue that we encounter, but, you know, we get it, I would say maybe once a year as an issue. And usually, you know, when it comes up, it's a potentially dicey issue because it's oftentimes a long-term arrangement. And so, you know, it's rare that you get somebody that's hired a nanny or, you know, frankly, anybody else to work in their home as an employee. And it's just a temporary like, you know, oh, I hired them for six months. Like that's unusual. If you're going to go through that process to vet and to hire somebody, usually it's a long term arrangement. And so now we're talking, okay, you know, you haven't filed or paid taxes as required on this person for five years. And (laughs) we're sort of adding up the back taxes and the penalties and it's getting, you know, to be this very large number. And we're looking at this person going, "Eh, this is not going to look good. So that can be certainly problematic. But it's funny, just recently, I was talking with somebody about not this issue in particular, but the articles that I've written over the years for clearance jobs. And I was telling them, you know, yeah, I've written, I think something like 400 articles by this point. And they said to me rather incredulously, how do you still have material to talk about? I sort of chuckled. It it is, uh, you know, sometimes a bit of a head scratcher thinking of new and and creative material that folks are going to actually want to read. What I always come back to is security clearances touch a lot of different aspects of people's lives. And it's not just limited to the workplace. You know, yes, this is a work related issue, but because they're evaluating your entire life, essentially, in determining whether or not to grant the clearance. There are so many times when these sort of seemingly bizarre issues come up and it keeps it interesting. And and so 
there are other issues that are similar to this that will on rare occasion come up. I think one time we had a case many years ago involving someone who was uh, like owned a trucking business or something and they hadn't paid fuel excise tax. We had to research that and figure out what is fuel excise tax. I've never even heard of that. Turns out it's a thing. So there are a lot of, you know, very obscure issues like this that do come up. And it's, I'm not saying that, you know, people have to live their lives in paranoia, but, you know, if you're going to embark on something like hiring an employee that you've never done before, you really ought to think about getting some professional assistance from an accountant or, you know, a tax preparer or something like that before you go down that road. You know, on the nanny issue, there are a lot of services out there because they know that this is such a hassle and a pain point. So there are a variety of resources that you can go to. I think being proactive and saying, like, again, if you need a security clearance to do your job, then it will be worth that third party investment to even help somebody help you manage this process to make sure you're doing it on the up and up. And having a paper trail is always key. I mean, that's usually helpful if you are denied a clearance and you need to kind of prove your case is showing like, hey, these are the proactive steps I took once I realized I wasn't paying payroll tax and I was actually supposed to be paying them. I went and did X, Y, Z. Here's the documentation. Here's the website I used. You can't back it up and you're saying, oh no, I did start to pay or I'd ask my nanny to do that. Well, again, depending on the clearance level, they might be talking to that person. The other way I've seen it come up too, again with the nannies, is folks have been concerned that their illegal nanny will get deported. And so we've touched on this beginning by saying that's not the bigger issue. And no, the security clearance process does not want to deport your illegal nanny. That's my take. Yeah. You know, the paper trail, as you said, is hugely important. And it it is a good point that there are a lot of services online now that make it very easy, (laughs) weren't necessarily around when I was having to deal with payroll tax issues for our nanny, uh, unfortunately. But there are some great resources um, that you can use for help on the internet. As to the other issue, that's an interesting one. If you have somebody who you're employing who is in the country illegally, that can become a problem. Is it something that typically comes up in the security clearance background investigation? Not necessarily. You know, for most folks who are applying for a secret or a top secret clearance, it's not ever going to be a line of questioning. But if it does come to the government's attention, or if you are going for a position that requires a polygraph or any sort of additional vetting, it certainly can. And if it does, it can actually tank the clearance prospects. And we have, believe it or not, seen that happen where the government has said, you are in effect harboring an illegal alien in your home and you're supporting them financially. You are in violation of the law. It's become an issue for folks. So if you are thinking about employing somebody, I would add that you know one of the very important steps that you need to be taking in addition to getting the payroll tax situation in order is verifying their employment eligibility. And you know that is an obligation that every employer has, even if you're just a household employer. You have very specific things that the government requires you to do. There are resources for that available online as well. That's the key takeaway. Make sure you know the law if you would like to apply for a security clearance. This is Katie Keller, editor at clearancejobs.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of ClearCast. For more information on career and recruiting advice, visit news.clearancejobs.com.